Hey there, Freedom Fighters. My name is Andrew Warner. I'm the founder of Mixergy, where I interview entrepreneurs about how they built their businesses. And when I got married, I remember, well, I might tell people about why I got married, because I had a problem that I should have thought about, but instead of thinking about it, I thought that was me. It was my fault. What today's guest did that's just so phenomenal is they said, we had a problem here. I bet others have a problem. Problems equal opportunities for entrepreneurs. Let's see if we could take this on. And they they solved it. Here it is. The problem that I had was we thought a lot about my wife's wedding ring. I remember spending time at the store studying diamonds. They gave me a brochure. I understood how many carrots there were, the color, all that nonsense. Um, I called my brother and talked about pricing. And then when it came time for me to get my wedding band, I don't know. We just did it a little bit before the wedding. We went to a few stores. They felt schlocky and out of touch with me, but I needed something. I ended up buying something. It felt fine. And I had it on my ring, uh, on my ring finger. And I guess that was it. But I thought that pain was me. I thought there was something wrong with the way that I pick rings. Today's guest said, you know what? It's not just us. It's the system. We're going to come up with a better solution. And they did. It's called Manly Bands, where men can go and get wedding bands. And the process, the site, the whole spirit of it just feels right. It's created by the two guests who I'm going to be interviewing about how they built their businesses. The first is Jonathan Ruggiero, and the second is Michelle Lucchese. I'm so excited to have them on here, talk about Manly Bands and about their new brand, Rosie Ray. And we could do it thanks to two phenomenal sponsors. The first, if you need a website hosted, go to hostgator.com slash Mixergy. The second, if you need to do online marketing, and don't we all, I'm going to tell you why SEMrush is going to be your answer, and I'll let you use it for free at semrush.com slash Mixergy. Good to have you here. I'm going to hit you with a question that you told me you're not going to answer, but I still want to get a sense of it. Revenue. How much revenue are you doing? Give me a ballpark. <laughs> well, first, Andrew, it's great to great to be on Mixergy yeah. with you. It's great to meet you. And uh, thanks for hitting us with the most difficult question out <laughs> the gate, the one that we specifically said we didn't want to talk about. Well, we're not allowed to say. This is one of those <laughs> things. But I will say that we are in the healthy eight figures and we are having a blast. Profitable? Yes. Outside funding? None. And this is not your first business. You've had a few that didn't work. Give me a sense of like what, before we get into how you got here, give me a sense of what one of the top sellers is so that I know what you're selling. Just to give you another brief summary, you know, we, we work with men's wedding bands, uh, primarily uh, different materials from your traditional gold and platinum palladium, all the way up to more unique styles like dinosaur bone and meteorite and wood antler. Um, and right now, one of our most popular styles is a non-traditional version of your standard black ring. It's called the cowboy. And Michelle, you're selling these one time to men. The big issue that I, that I would have thinking about this business is you, you get all this goodwill with me. You get me to buy a ring. You don't get repeat business from me, right? Well, I mean, maybe right now, Andrew, but we're hoping to change that because women get anniversary bands all the time. They upgrade their ring all the time. So why can't a guy have different rings for different occasions? You know, John always says for date night, I want my fancy ring. That's right. You know, I want a more casual ring when I'm at work or, you know, hanging out. So I can't think of fancy versus casual. Like in my head, I don't I don't see that the need for it. Here's what I do feel like I, I need. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't know this when I first got a ring. It's really tough to do certain things with a ring on bike riding long distance, your finger hurts, right? Um, I hear weightlifting is a problem. I'm not a weightlifter, so I don't know, right? I imagine that's an issue. We also sometimes, every few years, my wife and I will go and get our rings cleaned. It looks so good when they come back. 
Um, I want something on there. So it doesn't look like I'm taking some time away from the relationship. You know, those, I could see those needs and imagine that that's part of what you've got in store for the future. Yeah, well, that's, that's right. I mean, you know, right now guys are already doing this. Like you said, there's guys going to the gym, they're working with their hands, they are riding bikes, they're doing things where they don't want to use a precious metal ring, they don't want to scratch it or ding it because, you know, it's the most important accessory that they own. So right now, in a lot of cases, they're, they're buying really cool silicone rings whether it's from us or our friends over at Groove Life or Kalo, you know, it's just a different segment of the market. So what we're saying is, hey, what about uh, something in between? What, why can't you wear something a little more casual to work or if you're going out for drinks and then save like a really fancy uh, ring or your gold ring, your actual wedding ring, perhaps for, um, you know, something along the lines of a date night or, or just a nicer ring uh, for like a date night or a formal event. Yeah, I can I can see it again for me for like nice night out with my wife. My, for some reason, my head wouldn't go to that, but I'm about to go and do something that's a little bit more. You know what it is? Go swimming. I worry about some of these lakes. I didn't know your ring, your finger actually changes in in thickness based on the temperature. Right. So if you're in a cold environment, doesn't it get smaller? And then the. All right. I see where you're going with this. I want to know how you got here. And the thing that's curious that I'm curious about is it seems like you both wanted to be actors. Am I right? No, I did. John was a director, producer. Oh, okay. We're both in the entertainment yeah. industry. You know, you move out to Hollywood from film school and you're going <laughs> to take over the industry. Oh, yeah. It's a lot harder than they make it look. <laughs> and um, so we ended up with regular day jobs uh, in the industry. Michelle, a struggling actor, she was always auditioning. She got us some really great roles along the way. And I did not end up making my... Uh, you know, theater debut of any big movies, but we, we both worked really hard and uh, found that the entertainment industry, we're, we're still going to pursue it down the road, but um, we wanted to take a break from it. And that's kind of where the opportunity to start Manly Bands started. Tell me about Actor Rated. What was that? Mm. The, one of the oh, first sure. <laughs> So Actor Rated was one of, uh, one of the first uh, ventures I went into where I was kind of getting into web development and, and things like that. And I wanted to help solve a problem. That was kind of always our, our entry point into these different entrepreneurial uh, adventures. And so Michelle and I just started dating as an actor. There were a lot of different services and schools and photographers that she had to deal with on a regular basis. And uh, it was always a, you know, a big question of, hey, who should I go with? What's the best acting class? What's the best school? And Yelp was around, but it didn't really feel like a lot of those uh, reviews on there were, were either A, real, or by actors that are actually in the area. It seemed like there was just a lot of fraudulent activity. So we, uh, we said, okay, you know what? What if we were to make a site specific to actors that allowed them to learn and grow with a forum and different networking types of tools, but also to leave reviews and uh, communicate directly with the different schools and photographers. So, so it's an opportunity for me to grow as a developer and entrepreneur to kind of create this. And it was a tool that Michelle and her friends could use to really find the best services in town. It's a great idea. It does make a ton of sense. What happened with it? Well, you know, I uh, didn't approach it from a business mindset. I approached it from a let's just see if we could do it mindset. Mm -hmm. And uh, and we did do it. And we ended up with a thousand, tens of thousands of businesses listed. And we were getting tons of traffic. We just weren't really in a position to monetize it. And uh, and that was really one of my my big lessons from that from that project was, Why okay. Why couldn't you? Like, yeah. I'm looking Why? at the site. I'm looking at the Internet Archive version of the site. 
photographers right at the very top. It makes a ton of sense, right? It's not just that you want the best photographer, but you want to get a sense of what the photos look like, right? right What's absolutely. the experience of working with the person? It's it's right in there. Acting classes, I completely understand. Anytime I want to coach, it's not enough that the coach is good. And a lot of coaches are, are I'm a little bit shaky about my chess coach right now. I don't think he's <laughs> showing up enough. But you know, and even if he was great, it, he might be great for me, but not necessarily for someone else. Everyone has different styles, right? So I understand all this. This makes a ton of sense. And then if you've got a place where people are coming and looking for service providers, charging some of the service providers to show up at the top of the list seems like a natural fit. It feels like you had all the pieces. What was missing? It was my experience. I just didn't have a lot of sales experience. And it was the kind of thing where I was uh, more the technical founder and not the uh, the business sided founder. So that's something that I've learned along the way. And uh, it's, it's you know, obviously Manly Bands, I think, hit a need that was far greater than uh, the services and, and whatnot uh, market available to actors in Los Angeles and New York. So, so thankfully, we're now solving bigger problems with a lot more customers. Speaking of problems, you said that is where you always wanted to start. How did you know that that was what you should be thinking of when you're thinking of a new business? You know, I don't know. I think that's just kind of a personality trait. It's just something that I, I want to feel fulfilled and I like helping people. So whether it's mentoring or solving problems for, for friends and family, I just always kind of gravitated towards a, a problem solver type of personality. So um, when it came to developing a business, I didn't just want to make money. I wanted to do good. And, and that was just kind of part of my approach. It's like, okay, well, what problems do people have and what problems can I solve to maybe make their life a little better? Forgive me, but you know, your dad ran an Italian restaurant, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's not a business where you have to think about what's the problem. Obviously, there's the obvious people are hungry, <laughs> right? But there's no, yeah, there's a problem, a problem in the market. People want the best pasta in town. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it, the, the thing is then, I think that the leap to say, I'm going to find something, a problem that people have, that is a hard one to make. And you keep doing it. We're going to see it over and over in both of your careers as entrepreneurs comes up. Is it just you you needed to do good in the world? That's is that where that's come from? That comes I, from? I don't know. I you know, I've I've never really thought of it hmm. too much. Um I just like to to make things better. And if and that's just you know, sometimes it's not a good thing either because it's it comes from a personality trait. You know, I'm very much a people pleaser too. So I, I think that it's just something that feels good to me to help other people. And uh, that's just kind of how I approached it for for better or worse. Well, John has a lot of compassion too. So I think, I think that's, you know, what fuels him in his life too. Like even in the business, always making sure that everyone's taken care of and cared for and loves their job and that kind of thing. It's, that's all been a big part of us. Is that something that happened before, um, before business? Do you have an example of a time in your life where you were that way, where either of you is just looking for a problem, always there to help people being a people pleaser? Uh, actor space. Um, no, yeah, there were all sorts yeah. of other ventures prior to actor rated and manly. That's bands. the thing. I, Every one yeah. of your business oh, okay. is let's find a problem. I'm here to help. I'm the guy yep. with the tool belt and we're going to solve it. All right. Did you end up having to formally close down actor rated actor actor rated? It doesn't seem like it because it's yeah, well, we, we did, we, it's, it's no longer, uh, online. It's, uh, it was the kind of thing where we were just spending a lot of time on it and not, um, not making any money from it. And we wanted to put our resources into, into other ventures. All right. Let's talk about one of the other businesses, film screener, right? That's one of the other businesses. What was that? <laughs> so, so film screener, that, that was another attempt at helping filmmakers, um, this time hoping it was a broader audience of customers, but the goal behind that was similar to, um, 
It's kind of like the Netflix for independent filmmakers. So the idea there was to curate independent uh, filmmakers and independent films that maybe went to Sundance or Slamdance or other film festivals around the world who maybe didn't get distribution through Netflix or theaters or Amazon or anything like that and uh, could come to Film Screener uh, as a way to distribute their film. And then our kind of uh, angle was that they would get 100% of the profits. So somebody would rent the movie, it would just go straight to their PayPal account. We wouldn't take a fee. And uh, instead, we would charge a flat fee just to have their movie listed on the site. What happened with that? Well, same thing with Accurated. It, <laughs> it worked great, looked good, but I'm not a business-minded person, or I wasn't at the time. And so uh, I, you know, I got maybe 30 or 40 people on there. And uh, oddly enough, as soon as it came time to start charging, they just weren't interested. So clearly not, not the right customers. But, Do you feel um, like if you, if you knew how to hustle, if you knew how to sell at the time, that you could have made at least one of these businesses thrive? Or is it just that it was the bad bi- the, a bad business? I do. I do. Uh, You know, these are great questions. I think, uh, you know, maybe on a deeper level, I I have trouble perhaps asking for for money for the things that that I like to do. And I think uh, that's just because that my joy comes from from helping folks. Mm -hmm. And I don't do it with an expectation. I do it um, with just a desire to see them succeed. And that's that fulfilled me. That was all I needed. Obviously, when you have a business, you have bills to pay and all this other stuff. So you have to ask for money. And perhaps that's just one of the um, the not so great parts of my personality. Well, it's a beautiful part of your personality. <laughs> well, everybody has flaws. No one's perfect. And I think that it's something that I'm working on. Certainly with Manly Bands, uh, I did learn a big lesson. And that lesson was um, you, you don't do everything yourself. And in a yeah. lot of cases, Uh, It was just me and Michelle or me and my business partner, Scott, like it was, there weren't enough people, I think, in our, our hemisphere that could, could support every operation. So while we would focus on the technology side of things, with things which really excited us, we really didn't have the time or the mindset to work perhaps on the business side of things. And I think that's, um, that's where some of those, those situations probably came from. Mm -hmm. Michelle, I think you told our producer, you got laid off. Mm-hmm. And you decided you were going to double down on change. You had debt. You had no mm-hmm. savings, right? Mm-hmm. Why? Why did you say? Why did you say change? What were you looking for? Um, I, I actually at the at the time I wanted to just put like all of my energy into acting, and so I did that for a couple of months, and uh, and I wasn't getting where I wanted to go. I threw my back out, so I couldn't do a lot of the things I wanted to do, and. John said, hey, like monkey wrench, instead of, you know, us just getting married in Florida and coming back here to California, what if we just cut and run and like left California for six months? Just just six months. Let's just see how it goes. Let's just get out of here and see how it goes. And uh, and I was kicking and screaming. I did not want to go because to me that was utter failure, you know, because I had been in L.A. for over 10 years at that point, you know, and, and they always say, oh, if you get past the 10 the 10 year mark, oh, you know, it's just rainbows and roses after that. Um, and it was clear that it wasn't rainbows and roses, you know, and that I needed to attack it from a different angle. So, you know, we, yeah, we just took off and got married and then started Manly Bands, what, a, two weeks later? It was uh, crazy. Yeah, very shortly yeah. after. Was the idea that you were going to take time away from Hollywood, take time away from uh, yeah. movies, it was, and just go some start something else. You then, I guess, John, you got a job at, at around that time at Getty? Or had, I guess you had it the whole time, didn't you? 
I had been at Getty for about about 10 years almost um, and when I was out in LA and that's that's when Michelle and I met and I had a great time there. I absolutely love the company. They are excellent. Our people there are just some of the best people I've ever known and uh, I grew and learned so much during my time there. I was just kind of getting burned out and wanted to uh, give my entrepreneurial endeavors a chance and they were super supportive about it and uh, yeah, it became time for us to get married and we said well hey let's let's take a shot you know this is a like a, a life event what what happens now what happens on the other side of it this is a good opportunity to make a change so we uh we left <laughs> i gave my notice and uh it was everything went fine at getty they were super supportive and so we uh packed up left our uh we were done with our apartment lease and we said okay we're we're driving to florida we're gonna get married and then we need a job to pay the bills. And so the original plan was not to start a business after we got married and moved to Florida, because that's crazy. Who does that? Yeah, who does uh, that? So we said, all right, we're going to go to Florida. And we're going to become real estate photographers. Mm -hmm. And we're going to use all of, that, Hollywood know -how. all of that creative knowledge and, <laughs> yeah. and Hollywood experience to, to make like really amazing real estate videos. There's an area down by where we moved about 10 minutes south of us along the beach that just had really amazing homes and mm. they, you know, just really well-priced. And we said, well, the realtors there would be happy to have like an amazing video and a website and we'll run Facebook ads and we'll do a drone and 3D scanning of the house and it's going to be the best thing in the world. Yeah. And they were like, no, we just use our iPhone. <laughs> and I was like, for a $4 million house, you're taking pictures with your iPhone. And they're like, yeah, it's easy. <laughs> okay. I think I'm seeing the writing on the wall with real estate photography. I don't know if this is going to work. And so we, um, we said, okay, we need a plan B. And, uh, and then we went back to, back to that initial kind of thought process of how can we help somebody? What, mm -hmm. what problems did we have an experience that maybe other people are experiencing? And did you that... formally sit down and say that? Formally we say actually problems? You did. actually said, I said, we yeah. need a plan B. Yep. And then this is where you're just <laughs> more brilliant than you realize that the process of doing that. Mm -hmm. All right. So t Michelle, can you tell me what the experience was of buying a wedding band? Of our, our experience? Yes, your personal sure. experience. Sure. So I knew exactly what I wanted. And well, I, I think I, I, I thought I knew what I wanted and I started looking around in stores and nobody had exactly what I wanted. So I was able to do a custom ban and they just were falling all over me. Like, Oh, of course. Yes. And what do you want in it? And Oh, gorgeous. Yes. Of course. Beautiful, beautiful. And so then it comes to John because of course they want to sell him a ring too. And they're like, oh, let's talk about you for like 30 seconds. You know, um, let's grab the sizer and his hands are large, you know, and his fingers are really big. So they're off the charts on just a normal sizer. Normally a sizer goes from like, like, you know, size three to 13. And so he was off the charts. They didn't even know what size he was. And so it became the sort of depressing question of what size are you? And also <laughs> who can make you a ring because no one had one in store. So everyone was basically telling us, oh, we could do a custom ring for him, but it's gonna be like really boring, white gold domed ring, like, you know, eh, whatever, yeah, sure. And it was still just such an afterthought. I mean, nobody cared. Me, they were like, oh, diamonds, diamonds, gorgeous, gorgeous, you know? And it was so sad. So for us, you know, John's like, um, I don't really want white gold. I want something kind of cool that represents me. Why do I have to have something that everybody has? You know, you're not getting something that everybody has. So it, that's sort of when the idea sparked. What did you end up getting that was cool and special? Me? Uh, yeah. I got him. a, 
Uh, sorry oh, for him. For, what did for John? Yeah. So oh, John I mean? wanted yeah. some. What did I end up getting? Well, I I had thing, no yeah. choices. So I ended up just going online to some sketchy website and just that they happened to have the larger sizes. And, uh, and of course, look, I'm a dude. I didn't know what size I was. You go to a jeweler. If they don't have a way to size you, you can't figure out your size. So I'm like, okay, well, they couldn't size me at the store because my fingers are too big. I guess I'm a 16, a 15, maybe a 17. So I'm just going to go to this this crazy little store and I'm going to buy like five rings because my wedding's in two weeks. And boy, do I hope one of them fits. Otherwise, it's going to be a very embarrassing wedding with a string on my finger. So I, so I, um, I just ordered from this one website I had never heard of. And uh, thankfully it got there in time, but it arrived in this like loose FedEx mailer and uh, there was no ring boxes. So the rings were just kind of flapping around in these little plastic dime bags. I opened it up, the thing, fl the ring flops on the floor and I'm like, okay, this is the ring I'm wearing the rest of my life. This is awesome. <laughs> you know, there wasn't even a receipt in the bag. I mean, it was the kind of thing where if I needed customer service, you know, good luck. So yeah. Yeah, it was a quite an experience to say the least. You know, you mentioned that about sizing. You guys sell the manly ring sizer. Mm -hmm. Yes. Great price. Only 13 bucks for that. I feel like, mm -hmm. does that work for women too? I feel like I should just keep that around the house. It does, right? It's the sure. same size. I've yep. got to find out what my wife's ring size is so that whenever I go to buy her something at the last minute, it's not, now I have to go figure out how to sneak a ring out of here. And is this the ring that really fits her right or not? Right. We should just have that. I don't know how to get it, but I guess that's what I would, what I would get. Um, all right. Do you remember the first time? Did, were you a ring wearer before, John? No, no. I, I, I just a regular dude who didn't wear jewelry. <laughs> and then it's like, oh man, I got to put this thing on my finger forever. And um, <laughs> not only is that intimidating, but I don't know what to buy. I don't know what size I am. I don't even know what I like. So it was the kind of thing where I was completely in the dark. And, and that's really one of the things we set out to change, just to make it easier, faster, and much less stressful than the current process. I told, I talked to the founder of kayak just earlier today. And one of the things he told me was you've got to, you have to, as an entrepreneur, be trained to look for problems. When he teaches students, he asks them 24 hours before seeing him to take their phones out and just look for problems, take pictures and then show it to him. Don't spend forever. Don't go through your camera roll. Just look for it. And you guys totally, you did it. All right. Let me take a moment to talk about my first sponsor. Then we'll come back in here and see what the first step you took to making a ring. Cause that's not an easy thing to do. And then how you finally got sales. My first sponsor is a company called SEMrush. You use them, John. Can you tell me how you use them, even if you don't get into details? What do oh, you sure. Do SEMrush? SEMrush is it's fantastic. We've we've been a member of uh, SEMrush for quite some time, years, and uh, we use it all the time for keyword research, organic traffic keywords, paid keywords, competitors keywords. It's a uh, it's a really great resource for all things keywords and uh, SEO. You know what? It's keywords, SEO, search engine, where you can actually pay for, it helps you figure out where to buy ads. The thing that I didn't realize was my previous contact at SEMrush, she worked at a company where she did social media and she wanted her social media to do better. And she wanted some research on what would help her with her posts. And that's how she started using it. And she said, all right, social media, I know it. I need a little bit of help. She saw the help that she saw the numbers go up. And then she said, all right, maybe I should take a look at all this other online marketing. What, what should I do with Google? What should I do everywhere else? All right. She did that and she ended up liking it and doing so well with it. She started working for SEMrush. Well, at least she, she did until today. I'm going to miss her. All right. But I will say this, the software is still there. It's still great. And because she gave me this deal before she left, we still have the ability to give everyone who's listening to us access to SEMrush for free right now. All you have to do is go to SEMrush.com slash Mixergy, S-E-M-R-U-S-H. 
com slash Mixergy if you want to use this for free. All right. Um, what's the first step you took to find, I guess you found rings to buy? Uh-huh. So, yeah. So, it, you know, the process, once we figured out what the problem was, then we had to sit down and figure out, okay, how are we going to solve this? Mm-hmm. And, and that's really where that, cre- I think the creative experience that we had had out in Los Angeles and just going to school for that, you know, was really kind of showed up and uh, I think it was very helpful. So, so what we did first was try to find rings that we would want to wear. So, you know, we did a bunch of competitor research. We did a bunch of online research and we started coming up with these designs that we could call our own. And then we started doing what any other product developer would do, calling around to find manufacturers and, and see, okay, can we get some samples? Can we see what this would look like? And, uh, and so that's what we did. And we and were you wanted to, to use- make your first ring. I was assuming you were going to tell me went to Alibaba or AliExpress. We bought a handful. We started selling those. Once we f- sold out of those, we decided to make it you from the beginning you had no money you were in debt you said we've got to go make our own rings to our specifications well no no we did work with manufacturers but mm-hmm. we were able to come up with our own designs so we we worked hard to try to have something a little more unique okay and so so that's what we did so we um we just used what savings we had left over from the wedding which wasn't much and my credit card it and, was great yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to leave that out but number one rule <laughs> don't use your credit card to finance yeah. your business right away no but isn't that a good thing i did <laughs> I think you're not supposed to, but I mean, legally, I think they tell you not to do that, but um, yeah, legally. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we're no different than most, uh, <laughs> but certainly we, uh, we did that. So we started super small. I think we only okay. had 10 or 15 designs yeah, on the site. 15, we, yeah. we only had, um, you know, a handful of, of rings available to us. And, you know, we were able to find some manufacturers that would also work on an on-demand basis. So we didn't have to order stuff, you know, in bulk in the beginning and uh, it, it worked out really well for us. So we were able to come up with unique designs and um, just kind of start marketing. And that was really the, the beginning of the company was that marketing and uh, just kind of getting the name out there using Facebook and Google, and then making sure we could back that up with great customer service and, and all the other good stuff that makes a good business. You yeah, I think just to uh-huh. add to that too, there was also this element of how are we going to sell this in a different way? Like what is Manly Bands? What is this brand? And so we started to match, try to match guys' personality with a ring. And so that's how we started coming up with our names and how we grouped the rings into different personality collections. Oh. Kind of help them get to this collection real fast. Was the original name Manly Bands? Mm-hmm. It was. It was. It was. So, I went to the internet archive. The first, I, I know you guys started the company in 2016. The first mm-hmm. version of the site wasn't up until 2017. Hmm. 2017. No, it was up 2016. Oh, Should it have was. Been November, okay. November 2016. All right. Maybe archive didn't have it. All right. And so you grouped it. Your first sale came how soon after you launched the site? Oh, Three weeks, A couple I think. weeks. Yeah, yeah. It definitely took a few weeks to, to get it all, get it all going. I see. All right. Now I've got some early versions of the site. There is the mountain man, right? Huh? Yep. He was Tungsten our best seller for a while. Um, and looks like that one is just a stock photo with somebody adding, using Photoshop, adding the ring to it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. That got might, fancy with Photoshop. I might know something about that mm-hmm. picture. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And then you've got the architect, the angler, the Aspen, the baller. The Conqueror, these are a lot of different styles. I guess a year in, you started to, to expand. Yeah. And I get now the sense of the names and what you're trying to communicate with this. What worked for you for advertising? Where were you, why were you able to make ads work? 2016, Facebook was already discovered. It was already competitive. 2017 <laughs> was super. What'd you do? It was definitely discovered. Uh, and, um, you know, it, it cost a lot of money to advertise then, although 
definitely seeing higher CPMs these days. Um, but it was the kind of thing where I think that creativity, we, we always look at our competition and we say, okay, what can we do to stand out? How can we be different? And in this case, you know, Michelle's marketing and branding genius really played a huge mm-hmm. role in, um, in kind of defining our product as not a stuffy jewelry brand. We wanted to be something different. We had unique names. We had unique descriptions. Uh, it, it just wasn't a, a normal, you know, hey, this is a cobalt chrome ring with some etching on it. We had, you know, this is the astronaut or this is the cowboy. <laughs> and um, and so we, we let that kind of parlay over into the uh, the advertising as well. And so we always made sure that our advertising was written in a tone that represented the, the brand. So we tried to make the marketing funny and different uh, mm-hmm. in, a, in a funny way, uh, irreverent. Kind of Dollar Shave Club slash uh, Old Spice kind of tonality, yep. which which people I think resonated with. And we tried to use funny pictures and and things like that just to to stop the scroll, as they say. Um, and you know what I realized is that first of all, shipping on on rings is it's not super expensive, right? You still want to insure it. You want to ask for a signature, but return shipping is not super expensive either. So you've got some of that Warby Parker uh, benefits. Were, were you finding that men were buying multiple rings, sending them home and then returning? You were. Yeah, there was a little bit of it. I wouldn't say, um, cause I handled the customer service in the beginning too. And I'd say it was like maybe 20, 30% of people who would buy more than one ring, but generally people were just being really decisive and picking one, which was our goal. So hmm. I would have thought that ring sizing would have been an issue right from the start. Did men know what their ring size was? No, no. men have no idea. No. Like myself, we have no idea. Why would you? Yes, yeah. right, right. Why, right. why would so we? So we came up with that solution of the manly ring sizer, and you know, we'll keep we'll keep reiterating it and making it perfect until everyone knows the ring size on the on the planet. <laughs> on the planet, yeah. <laughs> did you size, see what, yes. what Apple did for watches? They knew that they want they had those custom. I mean, the fixed size watch bands, and so they let yes. you print some. Like, how many people have printers? I happen to, but fine. And then, uh, and then based on that, you can do it. Do you ever try that, the printout? Yeah, so there are versions like that. People do like a string, you can measure a string. The the problem Uh, is the knuckle and also people's different shaped fingers. So you have to get the ring over the knuckle and then also it has to be tight behind the knuckle so it stays on, yeah. Yeah. But, but to your point, Andrew, you know, <clears throat> we do still get a lot of exchanges sure. and uh, you know, it's, it's a really high percentage and we've, you know, kind of perfected the, uh, the exchange process. Uh, there's a tool that we use uh, mm. called loop returns, which is uh-huh. fantastic. And um, if you ever have a chance to interview them, they have an amazing story also. And uh, they, uh, they made it super easy for us. People can self-serve exchange. They just come to the site, punch in their order number and their last name, and then they can uh, do a quick and easy exchange. And then our team here is ready to go as soon as uh, as soon as it gets back they send out another one so we've kind of streamlined that and it's been a, a huge resource for us you know what i used them recently I, I found a hoodie that i liked it looked great in an ad i bought it when it came home my wife didn't like the way it looked on me i i happened to use their site and they they used loop returns for it and it really was a great experience i was getting ready i said i don't know the shopify store they're now going to put me through the ringers probably final sale nope the exact opposite i could print out a label and we're all good right. to go yeah. Um, and I feel like that's kind of the way e-commerce is going, you know, and certainly a lot of merchants are already doing it. Um, and, you know, just keeping that customer experience super simple and streamlined, I think makes for a better experience for everybody. What'd you do about the box? The box when you first got started for the, the ring, ring box? Yeah. 
Ah, oh, we had so many had different several. iterations of the ring box. So we wanted to do something that was a little different. And so we had these wood boxes, like just, you know, stuff we found on Etsy, different things we found on Alibaba. We were really trying to like get somewhere that wasn't just a traditional ring box. And then John's mom actually um, saw something on Etsy and she's like, Ooh, I could make something like this, but better. And so she started making what we now call the manly birch box. And it's, it's like a little it's a, a box made of birch wood that you kind of twist open and it's got a space for the ring, which is so awesome. So we sell that as an upsell now because there's only so many she can make. Um, and, and then we've reiterated and made several different ring boxes. The current one that we have kind of uh, emulates like a, a baseball case and it's, it's clear on the top and then has like a little place for the ring to sit up. So it kind of looks like a little Little Almost baseball. looks like a display case. It's yeah, pretty display cool. Yeah, display case for. Yeah. Oh, thank oh you, dude, this birch box, I get it. I yeah. that's the birch box. No, this is that's the birch, the birch box, box. Right and that's I, the little baseball case. I see. Yeah, box. looks like a baseball uh, on display on your desk. Yeah. I'm looking at the birch box. Oh, it's only thirty three bucks. I feel like you guys undercharge for some of your stuff. <laughs> don't you think the birch box should be more expensive? Well, you know, gosh, I don't want to like shoot down my mom here because she does actually make every single <laughs> one. She still makes I every can. one of these? She does. Yes. She makes yes. uh, Let me just say that a... what this is. It looks like a tree stump, though it's obviously yep. smaller. It's made from a branch, right? Yeah. Pretty, it's pretty thick, thicker than my wrist. And then the top of it slides to the side. And then yep. underneath it is where the ring sits. It's just, it looks really good. Yeah, yeah, and there's single ones where it just has like one hole in it, and then this one is a double one. Yeah, what to do with the double? I see two. one of those too. Mm -hmm. So, Why you know, we, we found from our customers that a lot of them like to use the birch boxes in their wedding. So right. they'll give it to their ring bearer, and they'll that person will uh, walk down the uh, the aisle with them. And so they'd want to put both rings in the uh, the, the box. Yeah. Is she using a drill press? Your mom's using a drill press? She's using a drill press, a bandsaw, a sanding <laughs> thing, and then uh, just some good old fashioned hard work. Pretty awesome. <laughs> was it your family who was who was taking the rings, putting them in into boxes, shipping them out in the beginning? Yes, in the beginning. Yes, it was. So it was my parents, uh, John and I, for the first few months of our marriage, we were living with my parents since we had you know just kind of cut and run, mm -hmm. and had no place to live. So for the first three three months, I guess it was we were living with them. We started manly bands, and so we would all have dinner, and then right after dinner, we'd start packing boxes, and we'd go through, and I'd be on Shopify printing out the labels, and they just had a little assembly line of packing the boxes. It was amazing. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, we've, we've involved our family in pretty much every step of the way. And whether that's good or bad, I hear I hear mixed <laughs> reviews from people giving me advice. But I think for us, it's been a wonderful experience. Yeah, I'm hoping to get to one of the bad things because I, I have a sense that there was a period where it was challenging. But we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> Talk about like January 2017. You told our producer, you're sitting at home playing cards with Michelle's parents, and then the phone keeps dinging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we had the little notification on Shopify that would tell you when there was a sale and it's a cha-ching and it just, it was constantly going off. It was cha-ching, cha-ching, like probably every 10 minutes, which was, you know, crazy, crazy. at that point. Yeah. yeah. We had maybe before that, maybe like five sales a day was a great day for us. And so it just started, it was like 20 sales a day, you know, suddenly maybe the second week of January. Um, and what we came to know later was that was the start of wedding season. And when people started to buy wedding rings we didn't know that at the time but things were just working which was amazing yeah if you could just pause at this point in the story and tell me what was it that worked why did this idea take off hmm. you know i think i think we solved our problem i think the problem uh from the beginning was that guys didn't really have a good choice when it came to cool and interesting wedding ring styles a lot of guys 
didn't know their size and, and we had kind of streamlined that process a little bit. Um, and larger guys like myself, you know, we didn't have a lot of choices at a jewelry store and we always made sure because I have big fingers, I wanted to make sure that other folks with big fingers could solve that problem. So we go from, you know, the super small sizes, like size five or six, uh, for guys all the way up to size 17. 17. Actually, we can go to 25. If yeah. We for do, custom yeah. rings, we can go up to 25, mm -hmm. but, uh, we, we have stuff in stock that goes up to size 17. So, so we just tried to solve every problem that a guy would have every problem that we had. And uh, I think that really resonated with guys. And, you know, the other thing too, I don't think guys like jewelry stores and maybe I'm just speaking <laughs> for myself. I always feel intimidated going into a jewelry store. I don't know what to get. I didn't wear jewelry before. And, uh, you know, I, I buy stuff on Amazon and online all the time. So it just kind of made sense to be like, all right, I'm going to go online and, and find something that I really like and give it a shot. And if I don't like it, I'll return it. That's fine. But um, I'd rather do that than go into a jewelry store. I find I don't like going to stores in general. I remember when I was about to have my kid, I went into a store. I said, this is something I need to see the product because we're going to live with it, put my kid in the stroller. And I remember saying, can I buy a baby carriage? And the man goes, I don't know. What is a baby carriage? And I swear to God, this is what he did, what he said. And I remember the look that he gave me. It turns out they're called strollers, not baby carriages, but come on, oh. the guy should have known. Don't make me feel bad really? for it. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's just so uncomfortable to go into oh, stores, I, right? Versus you go online, you get to look at it. You get to ask every dopey question you've got in chat if you want to. Yeah. Yep. Right. Um, no, I agree. I, I think, and that just comes from a place of, you know, maybe, maybe some of these stores just don't um, understand where their customer is mentally and they just haven't updated the way they do things in a long time. And I think we're trying to be a little more modern and innovative and trying to be with the times. And uh, I think we kind of hit it at the right time. At some point, you you got close to burnout. You told our producer you were working 60 hours a week. What was your time spent on? Oh, more than 60. Oh, it was just, <laughs> yeah. just everything. I mean, there weren't that many, you know, it was yeah. Michelle and I and two or three other folks working yeah. with us, mostly our, our parents. Yeah. And um, you know, there's, as an entrepreneur, you're wearing all the hats at all the times. And, uh, you know, it was, it's a lot of work running the website, plus doing yeah. all the marketing, plus all like the what? photography. Where, yeah. You said to you, the other thing you said was it, it was a challenge to delegate. What, what should you have delegated at this point in the story? If you could go back to the point we're talking about. Oh, at the beginning in 2017 would have been the marketing. That was definitely where I was losing sleep. Because, How much were you spending on marketing at the time per month? Oh, we were probably spending 20 or 30 K a month, I would say. Uh, yeah. Then point. you're at the point where you could hire a good agency and get yeah, going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we were. And, and of course, 20 or 30 K is a lot of money. Yeah. And if you're not making it back and you're losing it, then you're, you know, that's a huge chunk of revenue. So it was the, uh, the kind of thing where, um, you know, you lose sleep on it. I am not an expert at marketing. I, I don't claim to be, I try to be innovative and, and always be learning. Um, but certainly when it comes to Facebook, I am no expert. So it was, it was challenging, especially with everything changing uh, back then, you know, the algorithms were changing, the, the way people did things were changing. Like they were launching different types of ads and it was, uh, it was quite a roller coaster. <laughs> so how I was very happy. What to do? How'd you learn how to do it? How to do the ads to, to get you to that point? Sure, sure. So my uh, my business partner, Scott and I, we had a little tiny marketing agency, a little boutique thing where I, I didn't do the marketing per se, uh, Scott did, but I would do more of the website development and, and things like that. And we had a few clients and 
we just kind of, we, we dabbled in it and did a pretty good job for our clients. Um, but it gave me an opportunity to, to learn some stuff. So it was a, it was a good, good thing. One of the businesses you had was an, an aid in, an agency, a very small one. We had like seven clients. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's still impressive. How'd you learn how to do marketing at all? Was this something you went online to learn? Is it something? Yeah, it was just the kind of thing out? where we were, we were self-taught and we networked and we met, uh, you know, a lot of great, great other entrepreneurs along the way. And it was very much the the kind of thing where you just dig deep on YouTube and go to YouTube university for it <laughs> and uh, just kind of figure it out by doing it. You mentioned uh, your other co-founder, Scott, am I getting his name right? That's right. I don't see him on the site. How did Scott fit into the story? So Scott is a big part of the story. He uh, he is currently our CTO. Um, we're actually just launched a new about page. I don't think it's up yet, but um, if uh, I think it's if you go to manlybands.com slash about us, all one word, I think it'll come up. But um, Scott's our CTO and he uh, he's able to uh, travel around. He lives in an RV, although he's spending more and more time in Utah, which is awesome. But um, we've just, uh, he's one of my best buds and we've learned so much together and he just does some amazing stuff here at Manly Bands now from managing our website to launching different apps. Uh, like uh, we're actually innovating with apps. We have an app called Bandmate that helps people find what ring that matches their personality. Oh, it's the coolest thing. It's, it's like a dating app. And so you slide. Uh -huh. To find swipe and swipe slide. No, I can't say swipe. Can't don't say can't swipe. Say swipe. Oh, you can't no. say swipe. <laughs> can't say swipe. Can't is say that swipe? right? <laughs> Tinder's Tinder owns that. There is no oh, affiliation. What, what was that? I didn't hear that word. I don't know what you're talking. Mm -hmm. about. Don't know that word. There is wow. no affiliation between swipe and manly bands. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I, I know there isn't, but with your fingers, you can slide the picture left and right, and that may okay. or may not do something. Wow. Um, okay. <laughs> Wait, is this in the app store? I I don't see it. It is. It is a bandmate. One word. Okay. B-A-N-D-M-A-T-E. Yeah, so we have that one. And then we also have a ring sizing app as well that um, Scott's team created. Yeah. And what is that one called? It's called the Manly Bander. Manly Bander, yeah. How do yeah, you do that? Yeah, cool. You put your hand on it and it uh -huh. helps helps you figure out your ring size. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. And how accurate is that? It's pretty accurate. It's like, um, yeah, like 85% accurate. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's reduced our exchanges uh, a fair amount. Um, e, along with the, the physical ring sizer, it's definitely helped. So it's it's been yeah. a really great, um, great project. Yeah, I think the one thing we find is that customers don't always know to buy the ring sizer or they don't like somebody yeah. in their circle is a size 10. And so they think they're a size 10 or they think their shoe size matches their ring size, which is so not true. Huh. So oh, really? Just, I didn't know that. Yeah, miss, there's so much confusion about ring size. Yeah. So they'll just guess, you know. All right, I should talk about my second sponsor. My second sponsor is HostGator for hosting websites. Um, I actually have been thinking about how do I introduce HostGator? I guess most people think about them as a blogging and publishing platform, which they are, but I've also talked about them for, um, for e-commerce. And I have to acknowledge that I interview entrepreneurs all the time who don't use HostGator or don't use uh, WordPress and WooCommerce to... To, uh, to sell online. And I'm thinking like, who is using it? Because I just talked to someone the other day and I, I said, what's different about him and why is he using WordPress and WooCommerce to sell him? What I realized was what he was doing was once he had a concept, he would build a site that's dedicated to selling the thing. And then when he had another concept, he built another site to sell that other thing. He was in the business of selling multiple products, seeing what works. And maybe every one of them contributes a little bit to his bottom line. He's not really creating a brand for each product. And when you're creating multiple sites, it does get expensive to use Shopify. And if you're doing it on WooCommerce, 
it's basically free because WordPress is free, WooCommerce is free, hosting is inexpensive. You can keep copying and pasting essentially and then tweak the design, which is what he's doing. And I have to say that for that formula, it just works uh, incredibly well. If anyone out there is looking to experiment, looking to launch lots of different products and you wanna sell them, WooCommerce is a great way to do it. You can host it for uh, very little with HostGator. And if you go to hostgator.com slash Mixergy, you can host it for even less than they usually charge because they're giving us a special price break. All you have to do is go to hostgator.com slash Mixergy. And of course, if all you want to do is host a regular site like I do, you could do it with them too. Hostgator, thanks for sponsoring. All right. Um, you know what? One of the things that I saw in your video was that our bodies shrink and expand, right? That our ring finger shrinks and expand. When I, I got my ring in... Um, in Santa Monica, then we moved to Argentina, two pretty warm climates. Then we suddenly get to Washington, D.C. And I remember opening my arms in Washington, D.C. And the, the ring on the train would just fall out. That's a yep. thing, right? Yep. What yeah. You so in the cold, uh, your skin contracts. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to have a smaller size, right? And then, yep. and that would be your true oh, size. Oh, I thought it was the other way, isn't it? it, it oh, yeah. Contracts, right? And no. you need a smaller yeah, ring size. Yeah, exactly. That's why it would fall down, right? Yeah, if you think of it like like heat sort of makes you kind of feel bloated a little bit yep. too. So like it kind of bloats your finger as well. And also if you gain or lose weight, it's really like kind of 10 pounds is about the mark. If you go up or down 10 pounds, you're going to change your ring size typically. Is that an issue that people have dealt with? Mm -hmm. That where you sure. you buy yeah. two different rings, one for the warmer sure. climate? You do. Well, yeah. you know, what we do, which which helps to give the guys uh, just, a, a you know, one of the things we can say, hey, we got your back, is uh, we give a free silicone ring with every metal ring. Right. And so one of the purposes of doing that is so, hey, I gained 10 pounds at Thanksgiving. I don't want to buy a brand new ring, but uh, this yeah. one's a little tight. Hey, I'll just throw on my my backup silicone ring, you know, just for a couple of weeks until I lose the weight. Um, also, guys are notorious for losing their rings. Yes. It's uh, yeah. it is a thing. You know, we get emails all the time from folks who, you know, they they bought one of our rings for their uh, their wedding, and then a few weeks later they go on a honeymoon yep. and uh, yep. in the guys, water. Yeah. We lost it at the at the beach at Maui. Yep. Uh, I don't know where it went. <laughs> I think a turtle ate it. That happened always, to my friend. Always at the beach. <laughs> it's it. I'll tell you why. There are two reasons. Number one is that's when you're like super excited. We're finally here. Number two, the the water always makes it slick. But mm -hmm. actually, the third one is the water's colder, and so our my body right it shrinks up. Mm -hmm. right. So I, I did wish that I had an alternative for that. I kind of thought that the ring sizer that you had was going to let people address that a little bit by allowing them to take, does it let us take the ring yes. off the sizer to wear it for, for a little bit? It does. Yeah, I we actually recommend that people wear it all day for that express purpose too, because you might find that you're a size seven, but then at the end of the day, you know, you've worked out. Right. And a little, you know, a little uh, more bloated. And so you really want to go with the 7.5 that's going to work for you all time. I saw and that in one of the videos. I didn't, I didn't realize that on the, on the product page. I'm on the product mm -hmm. page. Oh, I see. It's got a little tab that goes onto the big key ring, right? You're saying, mm -hmm. take it off the key ring, put it on, yep. keep the tab on underneath anyway. It's not so that see. inconvenient, but you'll right. get a set. Got it. Okay. I was thinking maybe that tag came off and it looked more like a ring. It doesn't oh, got yeah. it because you're saying, keep the number on it. Mm -hmm. How do you know all this stuff? What is it? All customer service somehow feeding into, into yes. some kind of doc? It is. It is. Yes. It is. Anytime there's a problem, somebody says I lost it at the beach. You just yep. write it down and you talk about, got it. 
Yeah. It, honestly, in the beginning, there was so much listening to the customers. And whenever anyone asked me, you know, like, what, what's the thing that helped you grow in the beginning for, for my side and what I did, of course, John was doing the marketing. But for me, it was always like making little tweaks on the website, making sure the language spoke to exactly what, you know, what they needed to know, or if we weren't covering something in a, a post-purchase email to cover that in the post-purchase email, you know, mm -hmm. help them as much as we could. And just constantly take that back in and change them. Is there mm -hmm. one thing that you remember learning that was not obvious that changed a lot that had a big impact on this, on sales? I think for me, from a marketing perspective, we learned that the vast majority of our customers are actually women, mm. which we didn't at all expect. You know, being named manly bands, I, you know, we were we were very much catering to dudes. You know, manly guys and. Uh, and you know, we, we to this day we still get a lot of flack for that, by the way. <laughs> uh, but but really, we're we're just poking fun with you know manly. And mm -hmm. uh, it's um, but we did we learned that women are buying for their their other half in a lot of cases. And uh, so we we adjusted our messaging just a little bit, and I think it, it made a big difference. How do you mean? How did you change the message or adjust it? Well, I think we just kind of came to it. You know, when we started doing marketing campaigns, like uh, instead of Hey, you get a manly ring, you know, it's, you know, feel like a man or, or something. Again, we're trying to be irreverent. Okay. I know that sounds terrible, but <laughs> this is why I don't do marketing anymore. Uh, we were trying to be funny, you know, so we'd come up with some manly thing. Uh, but when we started trying to be funny as if we were joking around with the, the women half of the equation, it was more, uh, Hey, have you been trying to plan your wedding and your dude still hasn't gotten his wedding ring? Yes. Click here. We'll help. We'll help you figure it out. And the comments and the engagement, it just went through the roof because I think people were women were in particular were identifying with the fact that they've been asking their dude to get a ring for like my beautiful wife did when we were getting <laughs> married. One. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. You know, and then two weeks before the wedding, oh man, I got to get a ring. And uh, I think people just connected with that kind of uh, the women connected with that kind of advertising and that tweak really made a difference. You went to a uh, 3PL eventually. That's not that, that's not that hard. How did, I guess you realize, look, we need to send our rings over to someone else. We'll send our orders to them. Shopify is encouraging people and makes it easy for, for vent, for sellers to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. That was a big move. Now. Yeah. It now. was, um, you know, it was an interesting thing because, uh, you know, we really, kind of enjoyed in the beginning doing it yeah. from the garage you know the, the sense of pride we'd you know put everything in a bag and then we'd haul it out to the car and we'd go to the post office and then we'd yeah. have returns so we'd come back with the bag and then we'd mm. process that but but you know it gets a little weird when the neighbors are like what's going on at that house <laughs> like what are, what are these giant bags that they're bringing in what are these unmarked brown boxes and why are they doing it twice a day every day <laughs> And they leave at weird hours and they're home all the time. Like it, it was, it was just getting a little awkward. So not that we wouldn't tell them what we did, but you know, nosy neighbors like to look and come up with ideas of their own. So, um, so for our, our, our reputation in the neighborhood and for our own, uh, our own mental health, we said, you know what, we're kind of getting to the point where this is becoming, uh, a little little more difficult than it needs to be. Let's see if we can find a solution and in one that would not only help us with the shipping, but free us up because it was still mostly Michelle and I and one or two other people. Yeah. Uh, free us up to focus on the things that will really help grow the business. So, um, you know, like me with the marketing and, and things like that and Michelle with the customer service and the operations. So we were fortunate. Um, well, initially we found a company in South Florida that unfortunately didn't work out. Um, but then we found an amazing company up in Memphis um, called Chips a lot, and and they were absolutely fantastic partners, 
and worked their tails off helping us grow the first three years that we were with them. And we were just, it just freed up our life to help the business grow. It was fantastic. And we too, like the two companies were kind of growing together. They as a 3PL and, and us, you know, um, on Shopify. And it was just really lovely, like learning together. We kind of hit each other at the same stride. It was nice. What's the other, what's the next big thing that you needed to pass on to someone else? Customer service. Yeah. Mm. We've, we found a company called Influx that we started using uh, to outsource customer service. And uh, we found through them, one, one of the biggest things that bothered us about, you know, John's ring buying experience was the lack of customer service. Because of course I was tasked with having to return the other four rings that he bought that didn't fit. And it was a terrible experience to say the least. And so we wanted ours to be very like handheld and make everyone feel, you know, taken care of. We want to make sure you got the, the best ring that you wanted, whatnot. And so we really had to sit down and train them, you know, train everybody. And, and it was sort of a revolving door of different people. Um, I forget what they call it. The a, a something, I don't know, it's a, it's a kind of service where it's several different people are sort of on your team and depending on who, you know, who's on that, that hour, you know, you have that person, but we had lots of training sessions to make sure that they could they could really handle it. And they were fantastic. You know what? I never heard of influx before. I'm seeing yeah. them now. I talked to so many people in my audience who are trying this type of a business. And for some reason, the whole, it just, they kept failing with it. I guess mm. one of the reasons was it's really hard to understand a company's product and their yes. voice and everything else that goes into responding. The response is not just dealing with the issue, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I think the reason that Influx works so well for us uh, over other companies, because we, we had tried uh, other companies as we well. Did, yeah. um, <clears throat> I think Influx works the best because they give you what's, what's essentially a dedicated agent. And, and maybe it's not dedicated for the dedicated full day, manager, yeah. but a, 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 somebody who does get to know your business. Mm -hmm. And this person sits with you for days and does training and looks at the website and they sit on customer service calls. And then they their team will do a bunch of emails, but leave them in draft mode so that you can give them feedback mm. and, and that sort of thing. So they really do take the time to get to know your brand. And, and let me tell you, it's a great investment um, of time because once they can do that, it's much less expensive than having an in-house team. Yeah. Um, and it's scalable, which, which was great in the beginning. Right. Nowadays, we do have our own team in-house, um, which we prefer now, but in the beginning, that was the way to go. Yeah. They say they can ramp up in a week. I'm doing the math on this. It looks like $1,000, which is the least expensive package. It's basically based on the number of hours you're committing to. Mm -hmm. It's $31 an hour for customer support, but you're getting them at all, well, seven days a week. Yeah. Uh, oh, and no, it's more than that. Seven days a week, night. eight hours a day. Right. Yeah. You could get them all night long too, which is neat because they have people all over the world. So they really can service like a 24 hour, you know, clock, yeah. which we did for a while Yeah. because and, we were, you know, we were finding that customers were, Oh, I need my, I need my ring tomorrow. How do you make this happen? Yeah. And yeah. so we needed that. And they're all native English speakers. Yep. So it wasn't an issue with communication. It was, mm -hmm. it was really great. What other resource yeah. can you introduce me to it's, So the price is much less than I thought. It's much cheaper per hour than I thought. What other, what other research resources that ships a lot? There's ships a lot. Ships a lot. Influx.com. Yep. Influx. Mm -hmm. um, trying to think what so other. Do you ever get a personal assistant? A virtual no, we assistant? haven't done that. No, no, not no, yet. never have. No. Oh. Who's the person who's off camera yeah. who helped you get the, <laughs> who, who's the person off camera that you were whispering to, to get the charging cable? Oh, oh no, you heard me. Ah, that's Corey. That that's Corey. That's our studio. <laughs> Why do you have a studio? That's why. <laughs> yeah. So why do we have the studio? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. What are you up so, to? I'm, I'm on yeah. your side. I don't see any, I don't see video. 
Oh, well, we're working on it. So if, uh -huh. you, if you have a chance to look at some of our advertising uh, on YouTube and on Facebook, you know, content is a massive um, pillar of, of our, our goal as we grow. So we want to continue standing out from our competition in, in ways that uh, we believe will, will keep us ahead. So I, there's not that many companies in our space that are investing in the content creation. So, so we said, okay, we're going to do that. And we're going to kind of create a media arm of Manly Bands and we're going to create podcasts. We're going to create uh, YouTube videos that explain, um, you know, explain all of our rings. They have an unboxing experience. You know, here's a great example uh, for the use of Sem uh, Rush. We are going to uh, look at what keywords people are searching for relating to rings. And then we're going to make videos for each and every one of them. So it's, um, it's kind of a multi-pronged approach. And then the rest of the time the studio is being used to create um, banner ads and commercials and mm -hmm. uh, and things like that. So we're, we're really heavy on content. And the operation is really growing. So what's an example of a video that you can create based on what people are searching for? Right now, mm -hmm. you've got a lot of unboxing videos and, mm -hmm. you know, like showing the, the ring videos. What sure, try. Um, so I've got an idea yeah. if you don't. Uh, so, you know, what's the difference between tungsten and titanium? Why do I want a tungsten ring versus titanium? Uh, you know, things like yeah. that, because I think guys hear those buzzwords and they yeah. don't know what they are, you know? What yeah, is the difference? Sense. Why? What's, well, what's the deal with, ti with titanium? I feel like a sure, lot of guys want titanium. Yeah, uh, titanium is great for somebody who's never worn a ring before because it's super light. So especially for guys who are typing all the time or using their hands for work um, and they don't want to be bothered by like the weight of something, you know, they want something really light. That's really great for them. And tungsten is really heavy. So for someone who, you know, just wants to feel like it's a significant thing and they won't feel like it's valuable unless mm. it has weight to it. Tungsten, you know? Yeah. Or cobalt chrome. Or, oh, yeah. There's a million yeah. other ones, too. But just between those two. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You mentioned January, a lot of sales. October, mm -hmm. not so many sales. Why? Not what so happened much. when you first learned that? Yeah. So what happens is um, October is kind of the end of wedding season. And so we find that typically our customers have bought their ring about-ish, about a month before their wedding. And so because the industry kind of takes a lull from like November through, say, like, you know, the end of January, there's this weird lull for us that ends up being uh, sort of September at the end of September uh, through the beginning of January, because people are in January, they're buying for February weddings. And so then it just keeps continuing, which is fantastic. Did we you know that? No, did we you did not know that. Of your mom because, because, of the, because of an October experience? Yeah, you did. we had to lay off Michelle's mom and aunt. Yeah. And that was probably friend, some of yes. the worst days of our life. It was yes. not. Did you think you were going to, you're going to fail at that point? Did you think, oh no, here we go we again? Were, you did. Yeah, we were, well, we were heavily concerned that that was the yes. direction we were going in. Yeah. We didn't know what was happening. Honestly, we, we thought, oh my gosh, like something's going on with Facebook and the ad, the costs for the ads are going up and the mm. sales are going down. And, you know, it was um, a real cash crunch. And then, yeah. It was just, it was wild. It was. Well, and what happens too is that, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, because marketing's more your bag, but, you know, the it costs more to advertise in November, you know, as you're going into Black Friday. Mm -hmm. and, and we just like couldn't afford that either. It was just massive and I, just crazy. So, and yeah. you know what? It does still seem like, again, I'm looking at SEMrush. They're my sponsor, but I, I use sure. them all the time to see where people's traffic has come from. Your traffic just keeps coming from its search engines and ad networks. So it's DuckDuckGo, which I'm seeing a lot. You guys doing anything on DuckDuckGo or are they just being used more? Because I'm seeing them more and more in people's search. I, 
we are not using them. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know too much about them. I know who they are and they're running billboards here in Utah. So, I mean, maybe they're just really marketing themselves and more people are using them. Maybe I that's what know. it is. But we I'm should probably look at it. I don't know if, do they even do ads? I don't even know if they, they do. Uh, I'm pretty sure they do do ads. Okay. They're, okay. they're just um, keyword ads. Um, and I'm seeing them for you guys. Well, I was going to say they're higher than Yahoo, but they're not higher than search.yahoo.com. They're, they're climbing up in people's search results. So I see that. I see MSN. I see Google.ca. I see cn.bing.com. Yeah, et cetera. You're basically, it's all ads. You haven't gotten really big on content, right? People are not coming to your site to, to read content, to get prepared for their wedding and all that yet, right? That's right. They're they're not really no. It's um it's mostly our paid ads and our video uh, commercials that are driving the traffic. We've had millions of views on that commercial that that you mentioned earlier, that we shot a few years ago. That commercial was great. Room. Thank you. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and um and we're still investing in video content. But yeah, primarily our traffic driver is paid. Um, our organic traffic is up though for sure. It's it's probably at least thirty or forty percent of our overall, and uh, we have um, just a great SEO team that's done an amazing job getting us high rankings for, for the keywords that that's for our website. So, yeah, it's kind of a combination of everything. Look at this, uh, Dambro. You've ri you've risen in the search results for that phrase, and <laughs> horse wedding ring. Is that a thing? Horse wedding ring. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I do not know what that is, but we are going to find out. You're in position 17 on that one. <laughs> oh my um, gosh. <laughs> let me close it out with this. You, you mentioned your CTO in an RV. He's actually living in an RV, living the van life type of thing. He sure is. Yeah. Is. So, so Scott is a, a, a dear friend. He was best man at my wedding and is just an amazing human being and uh, super smart. And, you know, we had an opportunity a couple of years after we started Manly Bands to, um, to really kind of grow the team a little bit. And we said, you know, we need a really good technical person, a good CTO to kind of come in and help us overhaul the website and all this other amazing technology, crazy ideas that we had. So I called him up and I said, Hey, listen, I know uh, you're not super happy at your current job. Uh, he was out in Palm Springs at the time, melting every day. And um, <laughs> he goes, I'd love to work for you. I just uh, have one question. I said, well, what's that? He goes, I'm thinking of uh, moving into an RV and traveling the country. Do you think, do you think that would work? And I kind of hesitated for a minute because I'm like, what is, exactly does that mean for somebody working at a company? You know, this was pre-COVID. You know, I didn't know, you know, how remote, remote work, work yeah. would I mean, we had people working remotely, but but never in like a moving vehicle. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, so what does this mean for like internet access? Is he going to be able to be on meetings? Is it going to be reliable? And, you know, is he going to be available when we need him? And um, and like everything, I said, yeah, sure, let's do it. So we, uh, <laughs> so we gave it a shot. And, um, and we actually decided to go on that journey with him. Mm -hmm. So when he came on, uh, we said, we'll do it. We think we can do this. Let's, uh, let's hire you on board, but can we come with you? And, and did you go in his RV or did you get some space? No, no, separate, separate no, no, RV. That's way too close. <laughs> we would have killed each other. But no, we, uh, we said, let's, let's get our own RV. Our lease was up in Florida. And we said, uh, we kind of want to figure out where we want to live. Like, you know, Florida is great, but it's hot and I'm melting every day. Why don't um, we drive around together and we'll, you know, let's say we can do the, the RV thing. And so we did. Um, we got a like a, a beat up RV and uh, it was so beat up that after a month we had to trade it in for a new one because it wouldn't run anymore. So we, um, it was quite an experience. But so we did it for four months. We drove around the country and uh, he certainly proved that he could work remotely in an RV, as could we. It was not a problem as long as you have Internet access and this a big honking antenna that you can put on yeah. top of your RV. <laughs> I and it worked. That. 
I want to do yeah. that too. Just travel around. It was amazing. It's, it's harder yeah. with two young kids who need to be in school, but people yeah. were doing it over to the, over the pandemic. They were doing their zoom classes out yeah. of a, out of a van or out of an RV. Yeah. Yeah. Why'd you end up in Utah? We're thinking so, where they want to end up. Yeah, no, we, we, um, we have some manufacturing partners here that we work with and uh, we said, okay, let's, uh, we got to take some meetings. We wanted to shoot our commercial and there are some amazing uh, commercial production companies here that we've worked with. And, um, we were just hanging out here for like a month doing all these meetings. And we were like, you know, this is kind of cool. This is a beautiful <laughs> place. The mountains, the lakes, uh, there was snow on the mountains at the time. The people here are just the kindest, nicest, supportive people we've met. Yeah. And certainly different from Los Angeles. And very entrepreneurial <laughs> too, which is yeah. nice to be around the energy. You know, there's um, Silicon Slopes, mm -hmm. which is kind of like the, uh, the Bay Area of Utah. And... Um, we just said this place is amazing and it's beautiful and honestly working on the phone 12 hours a day in an rv next to each other makes us want to kill each other so let's take a break <laughs> from the rv life and get an office or a house or something where we have some space so we got both so we did fine. <laughs> yeah place looks great i feel like you guys have you've always had really good design um but it takes a lot of um i don't know guts and discipline to be as reserved with your design as you are like look at you you clearly put your logo and your company name over your shoulder but it's not it's not blaring it's not giant it's not in your face what do you do you put the logo in in inside of the ring too right we do yeah but is it is it the logo or the company name also no just the logo yeah that takes a lot mm -hmm. of discipline because you got to believe that guys are not going to remember what it was. It was manly bands. You have to just also accept that you're not going to be prominent on their finger forever, even though, you know, right. you could right. allow yourself to do it. I dig that about, about the way you were. All right. The website for everyone who wants to go check it out is manly bands. We didn't even get into the, the new site that you've got. What's the new site? Oh, sure. It's called Rosie Ray. Um, R-O-S-I-E-R-A-Y. And it's a uh, unique, uh, unique rings for women. <laughs> Radical rings for the modern bride is our Makes tagline. Sense. <laughs> Makes sense. I mean, I, I imagine that one is going to feed customers into the other too, right? Yeah. Hope so. It's been working well. Yeah. All right. Congratulate. More than 20 million in revenue? Oh, man. I can't say. <laughs> I almost trapped you, John. I, I almost had you. That. Olivia, I almost got him. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for doing this interview. I want to thank the two sponsors who made this interview happen. The first, if you need a website hosted, go to hostgator.com slash Mixergy. And the second, if you want to sign up for SEMrush, go use them for free and see if you really love them like I do. And you could do that at semrush.com slash Mixergy. Thank you. Bye, everyone.